Once on a Sabbath day, Jesus was passing through the grain fields, and his disciples began to pick heads of grain as they walked along. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath day? He replied to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and hungry, he and his companions? He entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar the high priest and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for anyone to eat except for the priests. He also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. The Gospel of our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Ideas that are really revolutionary, ideas that truly change the world, don't come along very often, and once they do, they get taken for granted really fast. The movable type printing press, the electric light, the computer, all ideas, inventions that change the world forever, and now we just take them for granted. You can't really even imagine living in a world without those things. Here's another example of a revolutionary invention that we now just expect to be part of life. A day off. When 90 to 95% of the world's population was working in agriculture, the notion of taking a day off didn't really occur to people. And when most of that farming was being done by slaves, the normal thing to do was to work people literally to death. This idea that you could get more out of people in the long run if you just let them rest for a day once in a while never arrived until it came from above. At Mount Sinai, when the Lord gave his law to Israel through his servant Moses, as part of the third commandment, he instituted the Sabbath day. The word Sabbath means rest. And the Lord told the Israelites that because he, the Lord, rested on the seventh day after six days of creating, they were to rest on the seventh day of every week. On Saturday, the Israelites were supposed to do two things only, rest and worship. And if anybody cheated on the Sabbath day, if anybody thought, you know, I'll just get outside for a little while, I'll just get a little head start on my work in the fields for next week, and they got busted, the penalty for breaking the Sabbath day by laboring in the fields was death. The Lord was dead serious about his day of rest. And why so serious about a day off? Because the Lord designed that Sabbath day to bring some serious joy and some serious blessings to his people. It was a day for the Israelites to sit at home and rest their bodies, but it was also a day for them to hear God's word, to look up to their heavenly Father, to hear about all the great things God had done for them in the past, starting with those six days of creation, all the way up to the present, and all of the Lord's gracious promises for them for the future. It was a day to look up to the Lord and let the joy flow down to them. So the Sabbath day was a day to rest and recharge the body, but it was also a day to rest the soul and soak it in divine joy. 
about 14 centuries after the Lord invented that Sabbath day, Jesus Christ, the highest source of spiritual rest and joy, was walking through a grain field with his disciples. They were hungry. So they plucked some heads of grain and ate them. And when the Pharisees saw this, they were outraged. Illegal. The disciples are doing what is forbidden on the Sabbath day, working in the fields. Okay, now in the first place, and this is not even the main point, but in the first place, defining plucking a few heads of grain to take the edge off of your hunger, defining that as laboring in the fields is a pretty serious stretch of definitions. Okay. A couple of years ago, I was at a pastor's conference walking past a grain field around harvest time, and I wasn't hungry, but I thought, eh, why not make a Bible story a little more vivid for yourself? So I plucked a few heads of grain and ate them. And then I thought, that probably wasn't smart. They're probably coated in insecticide and everything else. But anyway, I would really not be able to describe what I did that day as laboring in the fields. But that's not even the main thing. The Lord designed the Sabbath day to be a blessing to his people. It was a day when they could rest their souls by looking up to God, hearing of his gracious works and his gracious promises, and then let that divine joy come down into their hearts. And the Pharisees were pulling the people's eyes down off of their heavenly father, off of that spiritual rest and joy that came from him, and they were focusing the people on what they were doing on the Sabbath day. They were making the Sabbath day all about them, turning it into kind of a children's challenge. Ooh, who can take the least amount of steps on the Sabbath day? Who can stay inside the whole time from sunup to sundown? Who can put the least amount of work into preparing their meals? Absolute twaddle. And in addition to being silly, it was really spiritually dangerous. Because now, instead of spending the Sabbath looking up and finding rest in the Word of God and receiving divine joy, the people were feeling pressure and guilt to keep all of these man-made rules. The Sabbath was designed to be a blessing for them, but now they were slaves to the Sabbath. And that's why Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Now, Jesus has the Sabbath right, and he keeps it right because he invented it. It was his idea. He owns it. That's why Jesus says the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. And to make this point, Jesus cites the Old Testament story that you heard as the first lesson today. David and his men are on the march. They're hungry. And they eat some bread that was designated only for priests to eat. If the Pharisees had been there that day, they would have let David and his men go hungry. If Jesus had been there, he would have let them eat. Why? Because Jesus understood all of those worship laws in the Old Testament, including the Sabbath day, were designed to bring rest and joy to God's people, not to starve them. Not only is Jesus the inventor of the Sabbath, not only is he the Lord of the Sabbath, he is also the fulfillment of the Sabbath. This is why we are no longer required to stay home on Saturday, worship on Saturdays. 
Jesus has arrived. And he is the highest source of spiritual rest and spiritual joy. This is what St. Paul was teaching us in the second lesson earlier. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you in regard to food or drink, in regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were coming, but the body belongs to Christ. So then, what exactly does this story have to do with us? Well, we do still have a Sabbath. We do still have a rest from God. Our Sabbath is our Savior Jesus. And here is the right thing to do with your Sabbath. Eyes up. Focus your eyes on your Sabbath Savior. Keep your eyes on his love. Focus on his forgiveness and his salvation. Keep your eyes up on your Savior, your Sabbath rest. You will have rest for your soul and you will have God's joy in your heart. Don't make the same mistake with your Sabbath that the Pharisees were making. Don't pull your eyes down and focus on what you are doing down here. But sometimes we like to do that. I like to think my Christianity is about what I'm doing down here. I like to think that I need to keep a lot of rules under pressure and I want to compare and contrast and compete with other people down here. And again, it's absolute twaddle. And again, worse than being silly, it's dangerous. Because now instead of having my eyes up on Jesus, my Sabbath rest with all the joy that comes from him, I'm going to be weighed down with guilt. And I'm going to be doing things under pressure of having to do them. And my soul is going to be left weighed down and worn out. Now, there are a couple of times when taking your eyes down off of Christ and looking at yourself and your own life, there are times when that's a good idea, when it's appropriate. And one of them is this. Before you look up to Jesus to find rest and peace for your soul, bring your eyes down and take a look at your own life because then you'll be ready to look up to your Savior. Take an honest, hard look at some of the thoughts that cross through the darker corners of your mind. You know some of those things that come into your mind sometimes and you, you can only think to yourself, how could I ever think something like that? Where does a thought like that even come from? Look at what you do when nobody else is around. The attitudes that you have to work to hide from other people. See, if we do this honestly and thoroughly, it will wear us out. Our hearts will be ready to collapse. And then we are ready to look up to Jesus to find rest for our souls. And we will. Because he is the one who promises, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You will find rest for your souls. So, look at your own life to wear yourself out, and then look up to your Sabbath, your Savior, Jesus. See the one who lived his whole life in this world without a single nasty thought, without a single hurtful word or hurtful action. Look up and see the one who lived 
and died and rose. And know that in him there is forgiveness for every sin and rest for every soul. And with that forgiveness and rest comes divine joy. God designed that Sabbath day in the Old Testament to bring joy to the hearts of his people. And when you look up and find rest in Christ, God's joy comes down into your heart. And that leads to the other good time to look down at your own life. After you look up to your Sabbath rest and receive the joy of forgiveness, look at your life again and ask, why was I doing those good things that I did? Was it at all about me and the people down here? Was it at all so that I would look good to the people around me? Well, now you have a different reason and a better reason to live a good life. You've got the rest and the joy of Jesus Christ in your heart. You'll never do another good thing because you have to. You'll only do it because you want to because your eyes are up on your Sabbath Savior. And then, you'll be living a life that's truly God-pleasing. Sometimes we think, as long as my life looks good to the people around me, it must look good to God too, right? If I'm pleasing to the people next to me, then I must be pleasing to the Lord. He tells us something different in his word. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. See, a God-pleasing life has to start here, in the heart, with faith in Jesus. So look up to your Savior, focus on him, and in joy, serve the Lord in your life. Then you're living a life that is truly God-pleasing. Let's ask our Savior to help us do that. Let's close with a prayer. Dear God, Keep us from looking at our own lives with pride or satisfaction. Help us to look at our lives and see where we have gone wrong. Help us to find our Sabbath rest in Jesus. Let his joy fill our hearts and service to you fill our lives. Amen.